0: business life. My name is Shannon Miller, and I am your host and founding member of Clean Freaks University. This show is sponsored by the Structure, Scale, and Profit Cleaning Business Academy, my signature program. And I'm also joined by my co-host, Kimberly Gonzalez, inventor extraordinaire of Pure Evergreen Cleaning Products. Kim, take it away. Recording (laughs) in progress. Recording in progress. Do you think that's an AI or an actual person said that? I don't know. Cause I mean, I look
1: back at Siri. Was it Siri? Yeah. Siri. No. Is it Siri? Siri. And what is the other one? The one where you can go um, for Amazon or Google, the ones that they talk.
0: Right. I'm, I don't know. I, don't I just remember when we were kids, I'm dating myself. We used to be if you didn't know what time it was, you could actually call and get the time. And there was an actual person who was recorded who said that thing. Oh, my so, gosh. So I, um, know I often. Yeah, I often wonder um, if the, you know, recording in progress is an AI generated voice or if it's a real person. If you guys are listening out there and you know the answer to that question.
1: Inquiring (laughs) minds
0: want to know. (laughs) Random random thoughts of Shannon and Kim.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Random thoughts. Well, thank you guys for joining our podcast. I can't, Shannon, I just remember when you and I first, first got started and we were just toying around with the idea of doing this. And then I remember we got on the phone and we were like coming up with boom, bang, all these ideas and like what we wanted to do. And like, look at us now. We've been doing a podcast for how many months has it been now?
0: Um, March, April, May, June, July, August, September. So what? Eight, eight, nine months. That's crazy. No, six months. June, March, April, May, June, July, August, September. Seven months. Sorry. Our is off today. I'm going to get a lot of coffee.
1: <laughs> no coffee here yeah that, that I came without you. coffee. <laughs> I came without coffee. Thank you guys for joining us. So if you guys are just joining us for the first time, welcome. Be sure to go back to all of our other awesome podcasts and make sure to listen to them. We've got a wealth of information, laughs, giggles, and just us us just Shannon and I being who we are. <laughs> but we welcome you. so make sure to download those. share them if you guys are in different cleaning groups, make sure you guys share them. um I, It just helps not only Shannon and I out, but it helps just all these other people out wanting this information. So, and today we are discussing STRs, short-term rentals and construction, post-construction cleaning. So Shannon, I will let you get started because you are the pro at the STRs. I've only done two and I am like the construction queen. I love construction.
0: I love post-construction. Take too. it away, Shannon. It's it's tedious and um it's rewarding on a lot of levels, but you have to be on top of your game to do post-construction cleaning. Um, just with anything, it takes experience um as well. And before I forget, we are still looking for sponsors for our show. I mean, obviously Kim and I sponsor our show together, but we're looking for other sponsorships. So if you're cleaning business or your cleaning product is relevant to our industry and you're interested in advertising with us, please email us at clean, not clean, (laughs) business life. I was going to say clean freaks university. So that's cleaning business life at gmail.com and we can get you a form and see if we're a good fit. And um, let's get going on the STRs. Um, I kind of have a weird evolution as with anything. Usually um, when it's meant for it to be, it usually lands in my lap. Um, Way back when, before strs were called strs um they were called airbnbs vrbos um but way back before then before the evolution of the movement and big websites came on board they were just considered vacation rentals or extra properties i have for when people come into town Mm -hmm. and um how i got involved in this whole thing is i of course went to a chamber meeting again another big sale just because I randomly showed up at a meeting in and, person. Um, in person. And I happened to network and he came and saw me with my red mop bucket and was we were chatting away. His name was Stefan. And um he said he had some some properties that he um that he didn't live here full time and he happened to see a chamber meeting and wanted to come. And um he wanted someone to help manage them. And way back when and there wasn't like host or co-host or manager mm-hmm. or any of the other stuff. The concierge, I was I was all of it and I didn't know and I didn't charge because I didn't know that these were separate positions that you should be charging for. But nonetheless, um, it gave me a good bird's eye view of what a vacation rental was. And, and it became more of um, a specialized event. It was more custom. There is someone in the group and I can't remember her name. And she actually creates experiences. It's on Mermaid Island in Florida. You can look for her inside the group. And she is a concierge and she gives everyone experiences, like mermaid experiences that can swim in the water and the canal. I mean, Anything you basically want legally, (laughs) she will provide for you for a fee. And a lot of these homes have been there for a long time. She lives on the island herself. Um, So if you can fit yourself in that niche and you're not... Um, And you have a clear defined line. Like in Florida, you technically can't manage a short-term rental unless you have a real estate license. So make sure you check on your laws um, to make sure that you're not doing something illegal on accident. But in any case, um, Stefan, you know, chatted, we, I gave him my business card. We chatted back and forth through the email and he's like, I think that you're a good fit. I'm like, I can't be bothered. You know, leave me alone. (laughs) And he's like, I've checked everyone out. I think that you really are a good fit. And I was like, after, you know, some convincing, I agreed to take on his properties. He had 18 of them and he handed me all the keys. And I had no idea what I was doing. (laughs) I just knew they had to be cleaned. And then that kind of led into having his friend give me some of their properties to get cleaned who were in the area. And then another friend gave me some properties. So at one point, um, I had like roughly 43 to 65 STRs and obviously pricing has changed right so i had all of those strs plus the current client list and um it was a, it was a lot to do so you at some point as you scale and grow you have to decide you're going to have to pick right the economy is different we have different employees now um this was a long time ago i want to say probably 2014 15 16 and 17 And then then that's when the market like changed abruptly with the advent of the websites. I call them the, you know, the VRBO website and the Airbnb website. And even now it's such a critical element to someone's business for the short-term rental industry. And there's all of these weird dynamics that are happening. Like, because I'm in some of those groups still, right? Like the Airbnb group, uh, someone, there was a fly inside of the property And because there was a fly inside of there, they wanted a refund and Airbnb gave them a refund. I'm like, flies happen. (laughs) Or they come in and they say that everything's dirty. And in actuality, the, the homeowner who happens to live two houses down, walked it. And then they, so they went back to Airbnb and demanded a refund. And guess what? Airbnb gave them a refund and it wasn't dirty. So there's this weird shift that's happening. So I think a lot of people are rethinking their business model with the STR industry, But if you live in the right place, like on Mermaid Island, um, April does a lot of on the coast um, and on the Jersey Shore. There's several of you in the group who are on the Jersey Shore. Um, Those are key elements, and they probably will never turn away from being a vacation rental or an STR. But some of the other ones that are widespread might change unless you're by an event like the Staples Center or um, any place Mm -hmm. that has big events might be more apt to have an opportunity for you to have an STR. So really consider if you're going to dip your toe in it or not, because there's a a lot of layers and it can be very complicated. You have to be tenacious and tedious and um, your perfection has to be there because if you give them a poor rating, it affects their business and they're going to fire you and you might not get paid. And there's all of these dynamics. And then there's several websites that you have to check. And it's just, it can be overwhelming. So make sure you're charging for that. So um, there's a a lot of times, too, that the homeowner or the host will buy something and they overpaid for the property or it needs a whole rehab and they've overpaid for that element of well. So then they try to take it out on the vendors. Um, the, the most thing that I'm constantly in debate with in some of the other Facebook groups is pricing because they only want to pay $75 a cleaning
1: yeah. And in
0: actuality that's not today's market price at all for anything. Um I saw a post here locally and the girl offered $15 an hour and um $18 an hour if you were out of her city. She's out in Chino. I friend requested her so we're going to be fixing that.
1: <laughs> but, all right, Shannon, go get her. Um, like if you're listening, if she's listening by the way, we're we're encouraging you.
0: Yes. It's it's don't charge by the hour charged by the job it, it's really the only way to make 100k in your very first year you'll hear me preach it from my soapbox all of the time but um make sure that you decide so as you grow and scale you won't be able to have two separate crews unless it's the right opportunity because str short-term rental has a small window it's usually from 11 to 4 mm-hmm. at the latest so realistically if it's just you how many of those can you take on in a day two so make sure that you're making money because if you were working houses, you could easily pull in 350, 400, 500 in a day where yep. STR, if they only want to pay you 75 bucks, you're gonna make a buck 50. Something to think about. Do you have anything that you would like to add to my little story?
1: Um, I just, I remember, like you said, they're just very picky and just you have to have everything super clean in the time schedule. Like what you're saying for the time is, I, that's one of the reasons why I kind of stepped back and I didn't do STRs. I started doing them and it was a time thing for me. It's like they needed a turnover. They're like, Hey, somebody's coming. We need this right away. And my schedule will be booked out even with five employees. When I had five employees, I was still booked solid, like all my cleaning. So I didn't have an ounce of space. And I realized like that was not for me because I couldn't just stop everything that I was doing and go clean or send one of my employees to clean because they were already booked. So really make sure you guys have time and you have it like the time allowed or you have somebody that just does the STRs and that's all they do in your in your business. Wouldn't you agree?
0: Scheduling is big and a lot of people get into they want to do multiple turns and they're not charging enough per night stay to actually have a cleaning company come in and clean it. Mm-hmm. Um oftentimes if it's a budgetary thing, I'm saying, you know, maybe you can do this yourself. Um, laundry is a key component i recommend that if you do decide this is the business model for you that you the minimum charge is two hundred dollars regardless of size 175 at the very least and that you develop a relationship with someone who does laundry um, picking up and dropping off is excellent um, sometimes the homeowner doesn't want to pay but if they don't do daily turns and they go a little longer like a three-day turn or a five-day turn or a monthly turn then um, that allowed, there's more budgetary money for that. In 2017, I took on an STR for a guy who lived in England. And in the meantime, from the time that I actually, because I walked it because I was curious, because he's like this, you have to kind of see it. So one of the few times that I did go walk it and the washer and dryer was the old school washer and dryer. I'm like, perfect, no problem, we can do laundry. And they were known for their hypoallergenic, allergy-free environment. And then I bid it. And then in the meantime, for when the, we went through the whole process and got the contract signed and everything else, he implemented it in a new washer dryer system. Those take longer than a 20 yep. minute cycle. So you're only able to finish one or th- one or three loads. And then he got upset. And I'm like, this is going to be more money. And every time we did it four times, and every time I bled out money. And then he got mad at me because I'm like, you know, this isn't a good fit. And he's like, I'm in England now. This is really inconvenient. And I'm like, this is inconvenient for me too. <laughs> Sorry. And he had this weird thing. I, I might've mentioned it in a story at one point. Maybe I haven't. He had cameras. So he wanted to watch the cleaning crew clean to make sure that we got everything. And it just ended up being a creepy thing because he was in England, right? So he's like, you need to remove the covers off the cameras on the inside. I'm like, I'm not doing anything. With... <laughs> My crew isn't going to remove them. So you Then they had a house that manager who came and checked. It was just, there were too many weird red bells with him. Um, So I just um, said, I'm like, you know, here's your keys back. And I drove by the mailbox and dropped them off. And I said, and I snapped a picture and I said, here are your keys. Have your house person come get them. And it was just weird. There were too many markers in place to meet the performance, right? And I always bled out labor on that one. I never made a dime. I always ended up eating it. And it was because of the laundry, so establish yourself with someone who does laundry, um, whether that's an actual brick and mortar. Um, I'm seeing more and more people doing laundry on the side to earn extra income.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, if
0: that's something that you fancy, hit me up. I'm happy to walk you through a really brief synopsis of what that entails. If you need actually coaching for that business model, I'm happy to do that. You can make an appointment and pay me. <laughs> but um, I'm seeing a lot of people do that because lo- there's always been laundry women, Always. Yep. I mean, throughout time and any, you know, impoverished 1800 movie, you see, there's always a laundry person who does all of the laundry. <laughs> and I see
1: it all the time in like Facebook groups, like people wanting just somebody to do their laundry for them. And it is, it's a good money hustle, like side money, money hustle. Yep. It's I see it all the time. People wanting that. Mm mm-hmm. Now, me, I hate creative. doing laundry. I hate right. doing laundry with the passion. Stick me in the kitchen. I will clean. I will do everything else, but laundry,
0: nope. Laundry is my nemesis. I, um, because we, we you know, when I had Castle Keeper cleaning, we did, I want to say 40 or 50 loads a week. Yeah. And then that's toss when I transitioned. Toss, yeah. Oh my God. It's your constant, it's in a nightmare. I can see when I'm going to be in an old person's home, I will be like, no laundry, no laundry. You're like, I have three <laughs> outfits. That's all I have. It's simple. <laughs> Um, so yes, laundry can be profitable. Um, the going rate, and this was last year's rate. I haven't contacted anybody, excuse me recently, is um, 199 for dropping off if you need to have someone come and pick it up and that's 199 a pound, not 199 a load and it's 299 for drop off and pickup. Those prices might have changed. Um, there is a couple people in the group who actually have a laundry service and or a laundry mat. And when I've spoken to them privately, they have said that his it's, besides one-time cleanings, it's their most profitable line item on their PL. So something to consider. Laundry is always a thing. If you're going to start to get a lot of STRs, you're not going to have time to do laundry. We used to tag the laundry. I mean, it was just, like, over the top. Like, one person would have to constantly be there eight hours every day just doing laundry. So you had your own laundry service. And I, was, I didn't have the forethought to take on other people's laundry to make it profitable. <laughs> so you know, listen to my mistake.
1: <laughs> learn from the mistakes. I remember that because it would take me forever to do the laundry mm-hmm. for my STRs. And I'm like, this takes forever. And then you got the towels. Mm-hmm. So you got to wash the towels. And it's like, if they're white, then you got to figure out how to get stains out and make right. sure you have enough towels. Like my, the guy that owned the STR, I told him, I'm like, you need to buy more towels because if you've got more guests, you're going to need more towels. And then I have to wash all these and then put another fresh set out. I'm like, it would be nice to have all the fresh ones out. I could take the dirty ones and then I would charge them to do my laundry. I'd bring them home to me and I would do them at home and charge them for my time.
0: Right. Don't hang out in a laundromat on your dime for someone who's like, I can't afford that. That's not your problem. If they're house poor, it is not your problem. You will help me preach it. Preach on. Over, over again. Um, so if, to establish a relationship, get the laundry done or decide that if you're going to do laundry or not do laundry, don't hang out in a laundromat charge for your time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, there's always the battle over the comforters. A lot of people during COVID had the, um, I can't remember what it's not a duvet, but they had, um, the duvet and then they had sheets over it. So they didn't have to wash the duvet or the comforter each time. Um, even then you know, getting in arguments with a host or an owner because they don't want to wash the comforter ever is just gross it's on so many levels. I don't care if you're double sheeting or whatever you're doing. It's disgusting. And nobody wants to pay $3.95 a night for a dirty comforter. I'm sorry. We won't go into dirty details. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha.
1: Yeah, we won't go into the nasty ones.
0: You you could, um, it it could be something for you, could not be for something for you. And make sure you're making money off everything that you're doing um, with that. And then it becomes like, you know, can you go over my, my guest's battery and his remote control is bad. You need to charge. Oh, they run out of toilet paper. You need to charge. Your host needs to have more than one set of sheets. If you have yep. a bad, inexperienced host slash owner, they will be a nightmare to work with. You have to train them. Charge them for the knowledge. Don't sit there and teach a brand new homeowner or host how to do something. They should already have invested in themselves to yep. have figured it out. It's frustrating because then you're you're kind of you're working trial by fire as they make their mistakes. How many times do we see in in the groups? Where I have this host and they didn't have enough sheets, but they wanted me to go to the laundromat and hang out and wash and bring them back because they didn't live in the state. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Not my problem. (laughs) We'll be back after a quick break. right now.
1: I liked it because I know the manager, he was a real estate agent. So it was really nice. He really respected me and like, he would pay me to go shopping to get supplies for him. So I'd be like out going to, you know, Costco or whatever. And I would get the paper towels and I would get, you know, whatever he needed, like, or whatever i whatever I saw that was needed, I would send him the list. And he would actually pay me for my time and go do that. And that's what you guys should do. So if they send you to go get supplies, then you need to go and you need to get paid for your time. Right. Even if that means sitting on Amazon and ordering it and pushing buttons, you still need to get paid for your time.
0: Or they can um, go on Amazon and drop ship it to your office if you have one. Um, Or you can have an account that you use and have it drop ship to the property so the cleaning tech can pick it up as they walk in the door. These are all options for you to consider, but make sure every little thing that you do, you get paid for. Nothing is free in this country (laughs) and it shouldn't be. (laughs) You're not doing this out of the graciousness of your heart because, you know, blah, blah, blah. You're here to make money. (laughs) You're
1: like, I got to make some money. So I know we, I know a lot of things that are extras that I had to do, but I have to say I got paid for it. And like you said, you know, changing a light bulb, what about cleaning the jacuzzi or, you know, those kind of things, you know doing those little extras. I had to cut off a lock. Um, somebody that was staying there put a huge lock on the shed and his shed, his garage shed. And I had to go get, had to go and buy these huge lock cutters and remove the lock. I charged him for that. So what would right. you, what do you like for
0: jacuzzi cleaning? Right. Like what is your there's a lot to jacuzzi, there's, jacuzzi cleaning is an ick thing, right? Um, You have to provide proof because um, a host or an owner could get dinged on the jacuzzi not being cleaned. Like I went, um, no one told me we're out of chlorine tablets for the jacuzzi at my house. I went to go get in it and it was all like my husband was just like, oh, I forgot. (laughs) So it was all green yesterday. So um, there's a whole ick factor. So I shocked it and I still have to test it because I don't want anyone to get in there because I, because I shocked it, it could burn them. So there's a whole liability factor. So, I actually um, read a description of an owner who lived next door who rented out the second home and he took it upon himself to um, shock the jacuzzi each time he pH tested and kept the strips and then went over to the jacuzzi store who tested it for free for them. They would make sure that it was all right and then came back. That takes a lot of dedication and tenacity. Not every cleaning business owner has time to go to the local jacuzzi store. So you need to be proficient on Do I empty the water? Do I not empty the water? Um, Then you can find items. Like with my kids over the summer, I showed you the picture of that, Kim, and I just about died. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I remember that. We went swimming at grandma's pool, and it's a public pool for the area. And we found something (laughs) appropriate in the pool. And my eight-year-old came swimming up with this pink thing. As it's you know waving around Pointy. in her hand, like what I found, like what I found, and I wanted to die and sanitize her from head to toe. <laughs> so, uh, if you if you guys know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. But I was just like, get out of the pool. <laughs> so, yeah, get out of the pool now, yeah. And yes, I, you know, you can also
1: that's something that the owner can also do is hire out and have the jacuzzi right. or pool professionally cleaned because on I know for me. That is not in my job specs. I don't, right. I'm not familiar with that. So I don't want to touch it, you know? So I want to focus on the cleaning part. So if that's all you guys want to do is just focus on the cleaning aspect of it, then they can hire out somebody to do the, and you can ask them that too. When you get started for the STRs and be like, Hey, do you guys have somebody that does the jacuzzi cleaning or the, you know, or the pool cleaning? Do
0: you guys right. hire out for that? So ask those questions. and And if you have to meet another vendor on site, charge them for it. They should already. And what happens, and I, we both live in small towns, is they don't, they don't live here, so they haven't had time to, just uh, you know, build relationships with others like landscaper, handy person, plumber, all of those things. So you're going to have to be the liaison, and you should be paid for your time if you have to go over there and meet the plumber because the plumbing backed up, or the septic isn't working, or the pump, whatever charge for your time there should be an emergency list for them to call regardless and then you can it'll be more of a concierge service you need to charge for your time it's not go over there and hang out while the plumber is doing whatever because so-and-so lives down in Scottsdale and doesn't want to come up you should be paid for your time so um yeah there's lots of ins and outs about STRs and it's kind of a, a a bump and go there isn't really a smooth transition um there are people who just do that that's all they do so their windows are larger. Some Sometimes it's, um, I know someone who has 120 STRs, and then I know another person who has about 210 right now. Wow. And their windows are longer. It's not for the 11 to 4 because that's all they do. So they've had to, um, the host or the owner has to adjust their check-in and check-out times in order for them to accommodate a lot of properties in a day. <clears throat> so a it, it can be. And why I don't uh, do it. <laughs> and then there's the towel thing, you know, how to get the stains out of the towels. You have to be really proficient at that. Sometimes I always recommend that they get like black towels. I know people are doing makeup towels. And even with makeup towels, you still have guests who don't get it. And um, they use the, the crisp white brand new <laughs> thick $500 <laughs> white towel, which you should not have in your STR at all. And they've wiped mm-hmm. their makeup all over and they're like, here you go. you're like, thanks.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember those days. I remember the I know like one of the when I cleaned one of the STRs, they had a crazy wild party and it was a mess. Like there was mm-hmm. stuff splattered on the wall and right bathroom was trashed and the bedroom like it took forever. So I know I charged extra for certain stuff because that was not that was out of the norm and then he was able to obviously, you know, charge the guest. And I always took pictures. So when I arrived on site for me, mm-hmm. I took pictures. So when I went to go clean, I took pictures of every little thing, and I sent it to before him. and
0: afters are mandatory. Yeah, before and
1: afters because you have got to have that proof. They need to know what's going on in their house if they're not there. So I would take this. I would take pictures of you know this wild party that they had everywhere, and it was like stuff was splattered on the wall, and I took pictures. Like there was even dog poop. I don't know how dog. Was it dog poop? Was it, I don't know if it was. He, I don't know. I don't want to know. But always take pictures, you guys. Before and after pictures.
0: Yes. I, we did one time it was over the new year's Eve holiday and they came in and there was blood and poop and they clearly had had a fight. It's oh. furniture was broken. And then the homeowner was like, I don't think I should have to pay extra for cleaning. I'm like, you can drive up here and clean it yourself.
1: <laughs> okay, <You're laughs> like, you pay? understand how gross this is? <laughs> That's and, like again, this, and this is completely, you guys, just so you know, this is like completely opposite of residential cleaning. We tell you with residential cleaning. That have it in your your agreement that you do not clean up the dog poop, that you do not do the blood mess. Mm -hmm. You know, this is completely different. This is a whole separate type of job that you're doing.
0: Right. And then let's talk a little bit about production rates for STR so you can kind of get an idea of what you should be charging. The normal um, cleaning production rate per square foot is right around the 750 to 800 square feet in an hour can that be done? Sometimes it can, sometimes it can't. If it was a light stay and you're just coming in there and you're like, one to two people there versus,
1: you know, five to six.
0: So that's a good gauge to go by for pricing. If you're trying to figure it out, those of you guys who've taken the pricing blueprint masterclass know exactly what I'm referring to. Um, But yeah, it's, it's roughly 750 to 800 square feet per hour. Um, And and just make sure that you kind of know what the production rate is for sure um i think we pretty much covered all of my little notes here um yeah we went over there. oh and then like sometimes I and this is a hot topic too um people travel with firearms all of the time it's completely normal where i am i'm in arizona kim's in colorado it yeah. might be the same way where she is if you come uh-huh. across a firearm make sure you know what your local laws are in arizona Typically, we would call and say, hey, you left your 380 here, and um, I need to know if you're going to come by my office. Some people wouldn't feel comfortable enough to touch it. Make sure you understand what your laws are in your area so you don't get yourself in trouble. California is really bad. So if you come across the firearm, you have to call the police. And then once the, the firearm goes into custody, it's really hard to get back. That's <laughs> nuts. Yeah, it's like they want you to have a, de- a reputable dealer, then they want you to have a permit, they want you to show all of this stuff. So make sure you understand what the rules and regulations are for touching firearms. Same deal with drug paraphernalia. I guess we should touch on this too. We forgot. Oh yeah. There um is a situation that I'm seeing more and more come up where um STR has um either a sacrifice, they've do- sacrificed an animal inside and it's a farm animal. Um, I've seen that twice this year, which is absolutely gross and disgusting. And I saw the pictures and I was just like, I wanted to hurl everywhere. Um, And this is in a residential area. And, you know, the neighbors heard this poor animal screaming and God, I don't don't even want to get into all of the details of that. But most importantly, besides that, um, should be the whole drug thing. Uh, We had someone Mm -hmm. here who tagged me and she had an STR and they smoked crack and fentanyl. And if you touch fentanyl, you can die. Um, So make sure you're always gloving up because you just don't know. But depending on how much drug use happens, I'm not talking about recreational pot. There's You should have a no smoking policy because it sticks to the walls. It's sticky and it's really hard to get off. Um, But the other stuff is even worse and it can kill you if you don't know what you're doing and how to handle it. And she didn't have any PPE. She just used what she had. And I was like, so did you run to the store and get long dish gloves at least? <laughs> and then what was worse is that the new person who checked in had no knowledge of it. I've had it happen where an STR person um, had a flood of, of not gray water, but sewage. And they cleaned it up and didn't even let it dry. And the new new people were coming in to stay. And I was just like, ugh. Have, there's a code of ethics you guys you guys are the the eyeballs for the owners the owner needs to comply with rules i mean how would he like it if he stayed in a place that had had raw sewage in it two hours before
1: mm-hmm.
0: so Gross. it should be your, your responsibility to clean up so make sure you're following protocols and that you are gloving up because you just don't know what you're going to run across
1: exactly and i just like just to wrap some stuff up for the strs you guys Um, I know Shannon and I were talking about this and times have changed too. just, I wanted to reiterate if they have stuff left like beer, like I know back in the days, you know, the owner would be like, Hey, take the beer. You know, if there's beer left over, it's yours. So I know things have changed Shannon. And you know more about that. So if they leave stuff behind, what is the protocols on those?
0: So if it's a lost and found item, firearm, jeans, jacket, um, I'll usually reach out to them and say, you know, hey, this was left behind. If it's a food item, depending on where the property is located, sometimes on other resort properties, um, you're not allowed to take it. So if you're staying like on a Disney resort and it's an STR that someone converted, um, from a legal standpoint, I don't think that you can take it. It's considered property of the actual, um, not compound, but area. Um, as far as here, we never really had a situation like that where it was we weren't allowed to take it. Oftentimes, if they were over 21, I'm like, hey, do you want this beer? Or here's this glass bottle of wine or whatever. And only take unopened items. Things that are opened do not chance. You just don't know. Don't do it, you guys. chuck it. Blip. Just chuck Blip. it because you just don't know what transpired, right? Don't don't be tempted. <laughs> and if it's unopened, by all means, or you can donate it to the local food shelter. We had one time someone who was going to stay for an extended stay and not stay. And they had a whole refrigerator and a pantry full of food because it was supposed to be a 60 day turn. We, I, we just picked it up threw it in the back of my car and I drove it over to the food bank.
1: Oh, wow. That's a good idea. It's a good idea. So I know one of my favorite things is coming up. I know Shannon, you love it too. We both love post-construction cleaning. I love it um, because it's a whole different spec of cleaning I love detailed cleaning. I love getting the nooks and crannies. Like I could spot dust a mile away and it dries me up the wall. But this dust is a little bit different than a normal house dust, you guys. So totally. we're going to get into this. And it's because you, you're dealing with the drywall dust that keeps coming back, that's floating in the air. You're dealing with um, paint splatters and like just construction mess everywhere. So it's completely a whole different ballgame. One of my favorite cleans, Shannon, I think it was one of your favorite cleans too, right? Mm-hmm.
0: So it we is both loved it. And and there's different types of post-construction cleaning. Yes. I've done larger projects where they're done in phases and you know, it was X amount of units. I've done mm-hmm. larger tracts of homes. I've done commercial buildings. I've done warehouses. I've done medical buildings. I pretty much have covered the gamut, but my mm-hmm. favorite is the single dwelling post-construction cleaning. Um, I do recommend that you are in business at least a year before you take one of these on so you can kind of get the nuances because post-construction cleaning literally is vacuuming, wet wiping and drying and repeating the process until it's all lifted. Please don't come to one of us and say they're complaining about the floor and I mopped it three times at three times is not going to be enough. No, you need to to vacuum it more 20 times or 30 times. And then there's. A whole vent issue, right? So if they don't have the vents done after you clean, um, all of that construction dust is going to float in, where, in the air. And it's going to get sucked in and then spit it back out on all of your hard work. I've had that happen.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, the drywall dust is just very fine, and like mm-hmm. Shannon was saying, it's on everything. It's on the walls, you guys. It is on every single thing. If you can look up and look around, and buildings or anything, it is on everything. Don't don't even just you need to wipe down everything. So it's very detailed. It's very I like it just because I like to see the results. It is repetitive. So a good shot back is huge for us. Um, I use my shot back. That was my biggest thing. I love my shot back. And then you guys, lots and lots and lots of cleaning. Like just, you're going to clean. You're going to wipe, 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 mopping a billion times because the floor will look like it has like a, what is it? What'd you dry? It's like a haze or I'm trying to picture my head. It's like, you can mm-hmm. see where the mop was wiped and it's because it's the drywall dust, you guys.
0: Right. It's vacuuming, wet wiping and drying. And it's just like when you you have to ask, this is an important question to ask when you're doing single dwelling post-construction cleanings, are there window dressings installed? Because that's going to be a time oh. saver. And, and some of these builders put like 37 sets of blinds, window dressing. And then, then the guy comes in there and the floor guy has to rip something out. And so he's mad. So he's cutting inside the house and it's spitting all of this stuff all over the blinds. Well, yeah. that's tedious. If you underbid that, you're going to spend all of your time cleaning those blinds, right? Um, in appliances, do you pull the plastic off or not pull the plastic off? We got dinged one time, so we didn't pull the plastic off. I made the, the either the builder or um, the appliance person do it. And we snapped photos because I didn't want to get blamed. Oh, you're cleaning crew, scratch this dishwasher. You owe me. A, and it's like, you know, $5,000 dishwasher. Yep. It always is a $5,000 dishwasher. Yeah.
1: <laughs> So yeah, it's like when you guys, especially for homes, so there's different ones, like what Shannon was saying that um, I liked doing, I didn't, I did a few homes, um, but I liked doing the businesses. That was my favorite one. So I love doing businesses. So you have, you know, like Shannon said, you've got apartment complexes, you've got new home builds, you've got uh, construction that maybe they're doing remodelings. So you've got the remodeling um, construction. So I know I see a lot in groups, Shannon, I know you do too, that People are like, hey, they want us to do a deep clean for they just remodeled their home. You guys, I'm going to tell you something right now that is going to be way different than a deep clean. (laughs) It's going to be a post remodel clean. So it's going to take you twice as long, three times as long, because if they didn't block it off with the plastic that they put up, guess where that guess where that dust is going to be traveling. It's going to be traveling on every little nook and cranny. It's going to be traveling on little figurines and and things. And it's going to travel upstairs. It's going to be everywhere. So it's not going to be just a deep clean, you guys. So you need to charge accordingly for doing the post-construction remodel clean
0: and you can ask them too. So, hey, did you do the remodeling yourself? Cuz when a homeowner does a remodeling, it's way messier than an actual builder cuz they're not they're not tradesmen, right? Yeah. And there will it will be dirty because they didn't realize that they had to tape off. They're just trying to get it done and there's a whole segment of like you do it, no you do it, no you do it. Where a builder comes in and there's different vendors, right? Yep.
1: Exactly. So, I know with with me, my insurance had to be different because right. I went into big buildings. I went into a lot of these huge buildings and I had to have, you know, not only just my regular insurance, but I had to have an umbrella under that, you know, and I think mine was at 3 million. I don't know what you had, but mine was at 3 million.
0: But Um, we had 5 million depending on the projects in the year that was going on, but usually it was a $5 million.
1: Yeah. So make sure your guys' insurance is the right amount, because if you just have regular insurance to do for just regular residential, you're going to need something different. Um, And then like, depending like where you're at, permits and licenses, depending on where you're at. Um, I know for me going into these buildings, Shannon, I had to have, like when I would do my walkthroughs, I would have my big boots on. So I actually had construction boots, you guys. Right. Um, I didn't go in there with cute little dress shoes and I didn't go in there with my cute little dress. No, I wore jeans and I wore my t-shirt and I wore um, a helmet and I wore a, um, I'm having a brain fart a vest that was a bright vest. And I went in there prepared I, I looked like a construction worker pretty much. Right. And you went in there because you have to be prepared of OSHA standards for right. when you're walking into these buildings.
0: We'll be back after a quick break. The coaching conversation 2024. This podcast is 100% dedicated to leadership and leadership within the workplace coaching area. It's important too. And a lot of people will ask us, how do we get more post-construction cleanings? You can um, go to the job site and ask for the super. When Don't run around the property until the... you have met with the super. Because yeah. usually everyone has radios and, and, and there are OSHA standards and you will get yelled at by some of them because you don't have the helmet on or you're not wearing the vest yeah, or you're wearing flip-flops and your shorts because you happen to pop by <laughs> and you're giving yeah. all the construction guys a heart attack because your little teeny outfit um nope. stop by the trailers. Right. Stop by the trailers, or sometimes they're in the building looking at things because you know inspections happen all day long. Um, but yeah, make sure that you understand protocol. Go to the building on the outside, see the company and say, I would like to apply to be a vendor. Right. There, um, and then there's blanket waivers of subjugation and all the other stuff that comes along with your insurance. You hear us talk about insurance all of the time we cannot emphasize the importance <laughs> mm-hmm. especially when you're starting to do really large projects you need to have the coverage god forbid something happen. <laughs>
1: yeah it just takes one thing you guys and like i said safety is just huge mm-hmm. so when you guys go on the properties when you're there i bring masks so if i'm cleaning i actually have mask on because i can't inhale the drywall dust. it can you know it's just not for me it's not safe so i always wore a mask when i cleaned
0: Right. And which means you will be able only to work a shorter amount of time and then take a break and then start again because you can only breathe in a mask for so long. Um, But yeah, there's a lot of different types of post-construction cleaning. So make sure you're asking the right questions so that you're getting the right job and seeing if you're a good fit. If you want to get on larger jobs, I would recommend starting with single dwellings first. So you're proficient enough to get what the expectation is, and then branch out to commercial buildings. And the the price ranges. I've seen anything for commercial this year. It's $0.35 a square foot up to $0.75 a square foot. And when you're doing a million or more square feet, you can do the math on how much money that is. Make sure you're getting a deposit. Make sure you're checking these companies out. There are a lot of really shady builders, just like there's a lot of shady cleaners. Um, and make sure that they don't have a lot of complaints with a better business bureau or this person didn't pay me or this person didn't pay me or this person didn't pay me because typically it's going to be net 30 net 60 to get paid yep. and you're going to float all that payroll. So you need to make sure that you're comfortable with doing that, especially with the government contracts. God, <laughs> lots of hoops for those. Yes. <laughs> I think yeah. they're the worst ones. They're lucrative when you finally get paid, but there's when you're requiring, you know, 5000 labor hours for this project that's a lot of payroll to flow it's you know do the math right five hours yeah right have your
1: nest egg i've always had my nest egg so right hear me talk about having my nest egg and i had my nest egg a year before i even started post-construction cleaning so i had that money so i was prepared to buy a shop back and i was prepared to buy all the supplies that i needed to you know the osha safety equipment and stuff that i needed you know so be prepared um I loved it. I just absolutely, I, can't, I, I miss it. That's I a say, fun Shannon. I miss it.
0: It's a, it's, it's, it's tedious. And you are required usually to be um, either you need a super on site of your own super, um, especially like with the college dorms that came up during COVID and the whole deal, someone had to be on site all the time. Um, so make sure you're budgeting for that. And then there is a, a, a checklist. Every vendor or tradesman has a checklist. The painter painters call them holidays Um, You know, oh, you you went on holiday, you missed this spot over here. You went on holiday, you missed that spot over there. It must have been on holiday. With the cleaning industry, make sure that you are having them sign off, especially with large projects, because what will happen is you'll come in and clean and they'll go in there and go to the bathroom, right? (laughs) When when they could have used the outhouse, right? Uh, and, and they'll come the painter will come in and they will resand whatever and you just cleaned off the whole thing and they didn't clean it up because they see the cleaners there right so okay. <laughs> before and afters before and afters <laughs>
1: so and then I know from I don't there's different so what the, I, they had and I'm I'm having a brain for it right now Shannon so maybe you can help me out but sure. I always did because I'm my brain's not functioning but what I did is I always did a post-construction and then we would do the final clean mm-hmm. so I always had two cleans So we would do the cleaning and then we would do the final clean. So we would do the basic one of picking up the debris and we would, you know, get like the nails and we would get like, we would take the huge brooms and we'd sweep up, you know, the, the wood and stuff. And so we would do the, the post, like the, the pre-clean and then we would Mm -hmm. do the final clean. And if we need to come back for the third final clean, we can, because like you said, let's say they made some mistakes and the painters had to go back and they had to fix stuff. I would charge them for that. You guys, right. Charge them for that. So you need to have it in your your thing of what the cleans you offer. So don't just go back and they're saying, oh, you need to fix this or whatever. But you're like, no, these guys came back and they redid it. So you need to charge them.
0: Right. And we actually did the local Ulta here, and the um, tile in the entrance, for those of you who are local listening to this, is actually imported from France. Well, someone took a pallet jack after they installed oh. the tile oh, and no. etched the inside oh. of the thing and they're freaking out because the owner of the building and the owner of the oh business is coming to look at it and they're like can you fix that i go i think i can get it out where it doesn't show and it took some it, and that was only because my knowledge right i took uh, hands and knees trying to lift out the dirt out of this indentation that was in oh the
1: tile. My gosh.
0: And um, because it was Ulta, right? There's all the nooks and crannies, all of the display yeah. things. So someone just took a pallet jack and ran it across. and It just oh gouged it. So, uh, and I charged them extra to come back and do that. I charged every time the windows were clean, I charged them extra. Yep. It used to be pretty firm that you could get three cleanings out of it. It was a rough. I called it a smooth. Yeah, right, and was a rough clean. And, um, but that's actually changed in the last year because lumber is so crazy expensive. So now everyone's just doing two cleanings. So it's a rough and a smooth and then, and or combined yeah, together yeah. and then there's the final, but there can be subsequent other final cleanings after the final, yes. and it should be easier to clean each time, not worse. So you go back on your spectrum, right? So if it, if you come back in and do a rough and a final and they've had more stuff happen and it's it's back to rough, charge them that square footage rough. Yep. <laughs> don't don't give them the final price. Oh, no worries. And it's like you know, fifty dumpsters of trash, and there's all these stuff that has to be pulled off, and you're yep. removing gouges from pallet jacks, and you know the display thing <laughs> on the windows are the wrong ones. I mean, it takes time to be able to do that. So yeah, Definitely. if you guys really want to
1: do construction cleaning, really like, you know, feel free to ask questions. You know, it's it's completely a different ball game, you guys. So just be yes. prepared to get dirty. You're not meant to go clean. I know one thing I did, Shannon, that I love to do is I would always spoil the guys because there's all guys on the job site. I think that I don't think out of all the times I clean, I don't think there's ever a woman in there, which is weird. But I cleaned. I would always spoil them, so I'd either bring them donuts in the morning because they were all grumpy, and so like I got them on my best side. So if I needed a ladder moved, like I would feed them first and I would spoil them. And if I'd be like, "Hey, I'm like, can one of your guys move the ladder over this way for me?" Oh yeah, sure, no problem, Kimberly. So like, it was great because I spoiled them and it was nice because I got along with them and we worked well together.
0: It's important, um, definitely for you to have, um, a support system. And if you are going to be, and this is just a safety thing now that I'm thinking of it and Kim's bringing it up, um, it always be aware of your surroundings. I mean, you don't know these guys at all. Make sure someone knows where you are, what hours you're there, because you just don't know. Um, this is my mom. Especially for houses.
1: Especially um for, for houses, the houses
0: there was one um unfortunately it was a poor house cleaner i think it was in texas and she was out doing a post-construction cleaning at a house in a new subdivision someone took her life so make sure people know where you are make mm-hmm. sure you're following safety protocols make someone make sure someone knows what hours you're supposed to be there have them call you in two hours have them call you again in two more hours just check especially if you're doing it by yourself if you have your crew there then more than likely yeah. god forbid something were to happen there's four of you and um, there, there's less likely of someone doing something crazy.
1: Exactly. Well, we hope we helped you guys today to break it down. It was kind of a longer episode than what we normally do, but we hope you guys understand the difference between the STR and construction. If you guys have topics you want to present to us, you know, again, email us. And um, I know we're working on something fun for Halloween. To do we are. Halloween I'm, going, I'm really I'm excited. excited.
0: So um, I'm going to be speaking to someone over the phone today um, who um, has been cleaning a haunted house for about a year and a half now. So we're going to talk over the phone and then we're going to do a Zoom call and we're going to try to get um, you on if if you have time in your schedule. And if you don't, it'll just be me and her. Um, And then I'm going to look for about if we get enough people, we can actually do a whole series of segments on haunted houses for October. And then we can go back to our regular programming (laughs) after that. And I wanted I've reached out to a couple other people, um uh, graveyard cleaners. It's mm-hmm. all cleaning related. And then um I've reached out to a couple of the hotels here who are also um, haunted and seeing if they would be interested in getting on camera and um go to Jerome. Thing. You should go yes. to Jerome. If I have the chance, I totally want to, but I know there's a couple here in Prescott. But um yeah, I would totally like to have something spooky and fun for um the month of October. That'd be fun.
1: So, thank you guys for joining us. We appreciate it. Download, share, and we hope you guys just have a wonderful, blessed day.
0: Take care. Awesome. Cleaning Business Life is sponsored by Pure Evergreen Cleaning Products. That's P U R E V E R G R E E N dot com. Pure Evergreen Cleaning Products.